Hello and welcome to Not So Molly Mormon Podcast. Hello, welcome back everyone. This is Sarah. And this is Katie. I hope everyone had a wonderful Christmas if you celebrate. Yes, and if you don't, that you just had happy holidays doing whatever it is that you wanted to do. A nice little break from work. If you had to work over the break, I'm sorry. Hopefully you have some upcoming holidays that you can take as well to just unwind. Prepare for the new year. Sarah understands because Sarah's working through the holidays and getting dumped on. (laughs) Having to do all these extra tasks because everyone else is taking it off. So thank you, Sarah, for still recording with me, even though you're literally being bogged down. (laughs) It's okay. It's a lovely break. And I'm still hopeful. I'm still hopeful that next week, Wednesday to Friday, it'll be quiet And I'll just have really productive days catching up on everything I never have time to do when everyone's back at work bugging me. So (laughs) stop bugging me. Could you just (laughs) not call all these meetings? This could have been Uh, said in an email. I'm over it. (laughs) I'm over it. And it's going to be funny because people at work listen to this podcast. So if you're listening, I don't mean you, of course. (laughs) Yes, of course, we never mean the listeners because (laughs) you guys are the cool ones. You probably (laughs) even know which annoying co Coworkers, she's referring to. It's but. true. You do. Close <laughs> enough friends to hear me whine and moan, or in the UK they say moan. I love it. Oh, I love the UK slang, especially because you've picked up so much of it without even knowing. I it, it's, it's so a treasure to me. Um, I feel I feel dirty now if I don't say like UK slang or terminology at work because they all tease me. Um, constantly and I'm like leave me alone I know I'm the only American in the room but leave me so alone. you can't say I'm going to throw this away in the trash can you have to say I need to throw this away in the bin yeah and now <laughs> because at work we we write in UK English as well I'm, I'm like basically writing all the time in UK English and I forget crazy <laughs> well do you have any announcements I don't have announcements other than just a little um, warning. I just told Katie I'm in my fills today. I've already had an hour-long therapy session and had an hour-long, like, women in leadership mentoring session. So we've done some deep dives into all my hot mess chaos and Mormon shit. So I'm in the fills already. We're going to get into it. I might... I don't know. It might be insightful. It might be useless. I might cry. I might laugh. I might, as I told my therapist today, we're really funny because we have traumatic upbringing and experiences. (laughs) We have to deal with it through humor or else it would be a dark place. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So you're going to spend another lovely hour with me throwing some shit your way. You're welcome. Cannot wait. Cannot wait. Uh, And yeah, this one's going to be pretty heavy so oh no warning my sources this week come from newsweek vice time littlethings.com and of course wikipedia we love her we know her um oh no and content warning okay this one's really bad you guys there's going to be child abuse assault rape and infertility mentioned so If you're not in the place to hear about that, you can pause this and come back to it later or skip it. But sorry, Sarah, you've got to stay. I know. I was like, (laughs) did I skip? You just like like hang up and make me just do it all by myself. Just record. 
record yourself. I'm so technically postpartum, Katie. These are intense, intense topics, but it's okay. If I cry, it just means it's more authentic, and um, it'll be it'll be a good good episode. Very very vulnerable. <laughs> I, I hope I don't scar you too much. Um, <laughs> just just tell me if you need a timeout, okay? <laughs> Will do. <laughs> so this topic is not exactly uh, Mormonism centric, but there are so many similarities to Mormonism that I wanted to tell you about this. And I wanted you to, as I'm telling you about it, look for the similarities to Mormonism okay. because they are abundant, in my opinion. We're going to be talking about the Quiverful movement today. Do you know what that is? The what movement? Quiverful? Quiverful. Q-U-I-V-E-R-F-U-L-L. Quiverful. I've heard of the, is it, it's a religious sect, right? It's kind of yes. like, um, yeah. Uh, it, what's it, it called? It is a conservative strain of yep. evangelical Christianity. Quiverful itself is a theological position held by some Christian followers who believe large families are a direct blessing from God. Okay. I, I think, I don't know if they were exact, but I had, um, when I worked in the after school program back in Georgia a long time ago, there was a family who I'm pretty sure was part of this, but I'll confirm as you continue. Okay. And I think I would just like to point out we already have our first similarity to Mormonism. Big family. Yes. And um, so I'm going to be getting more into it later. But do you know the TLC show 19 Kids and Counting? Yes. They're part of the Quiverful movement. Oh. I've never, never watched it, but I've heard of it. Okay. So, yeah, we'll get more into it. But, yeah, it's it's families like that. Okay. Quiverful's followers believe in the importance of procreation and are anti-birth control, including natural family planning. Quiverful believers are also against sterilization and abortion. Well, we have some more similarities. (laughs) Yeah. Actually, what does it mean by natural? Natural family planning. I think that's, um, you know, where you track your cycle and so you know when you're ovulating. Yeah. So you, they're, they're against even that. They think you should just have sex and if God wants you to get pregnant, you'll get pregnant. And you're just oh, supposed to I, have I, as many children as you possibly can. Oh. And, you know, obviously you can't pull out because that's a sin. <laughs> oh, my God. This is right? such anxiety. I know. Just every single time you have sex, the possibility of becoming pregnant. I mean, the lady on that show had 19 kids. 19. I have one. I have one. And honestly, if Greg just like touches my tit, I'm like, oh, my God, we could be (laughs) pregnant. Get away from me. Like, You're like, your willy did this to me. You need to stand across the room, sir. Like, it's so irrational. Like, honestly, like, it, nothing even happens. It's like a kiss or a squeeze a, squeeze oh. a butt cheek. And the next month, I'm like, is my period late? I'm going to be pregnant. <laughs> and he's like, that. okay. I don't think that that's physically possible. From, yeah, but, like, yeah. We've, we've taken precautions. but <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but then there's me. I'm telling you, it's a scary. Like, before you have kids, it's scary. And then once you have the one, you're like, oh, God. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Yeah, well, I'm prepared. 
So you don't want to join the quiverful movement is what you're saying. <laughs> I can't even. And I know, I know that they're this yeah, women are amazing. They're incredible, strong, just incredible, amazing people. But to have 19 kids, it's guys, I, I can't. And I know, I know I'm like complaining. I had one, but it's, it's a lot on your body, even if you oh, have a yeah. pregnancy that goes easily. It's still a lot. And to be pregnant 19 times. To have oh. 19 children living in your home. I mean, I don't even oh. throw a party for 19 people. <laughs> I that have 19 children possibly pushed out of your vagina. Like, oh, I just felt a little ill. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. The quiverful movement gained popularity in the 20th century following the advancements in birth control and the publication of Mary Pride's book titled The Way Home, Beyond Feminism, Back to Reality in 1985. In her book, Pride detailed her journey away from feminism and converting to evangelical Christianity. Oh, goody. Pride said that through her conversion, she discovered true happiness flourished in the role of wives and mothers living under the rule of her husband and bearing children. Pride argued that this was the biblical role of all women. Oh, boy. Okay. Uh, okay. okay. I mean, again, that's that's similar to Mormonism in that a woman's main job, main destiny is to bear children, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, the name Quiverful comes from Psalm chapter 127, verses 3 through through 5, which Pride cited in her book. It says, Lo, children are a heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the the womb is his reward. As arrows are in the hand of a mighty man, so are children of the youth. Happy, oh, sorry. Happy is the man that hath his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed but they shall speak with the enemies in the gate. Why is it that my brain just goes to like dirty when I hear quiverful? I'm like, well, I know I, I do too. It's it like, makes me think of like a, a, a romantic, like one yeah, of those rom-com books, like dirty. Like absolutely. Oh, he, he touched I go my right. upper thigh and I quivered. <laughs> I go right to romance novel when I hear quiver. Yeah. Yeah. The quiverful movement also cites the words of God in Genesis, quote, be fruitful and multiply. Ding, 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 ding. Another similarity, right? (laughs) My God. Yep. There we go. Some quiverful followers may also believe that through childbirth, they are creating an army of Christians on earth. (gasps) So this is one of their main tenets is that, um, and from what I've seen, all, I, I could be wrong, but everything I've seen is that most members are white mm-hmm. and they believe in creating like a more pure army for God. And oh, um, God. yeah, just having as many as they possibly can. That's so far. Nancy Campbell, a supporter of the Quiverful Movement and Tennessee-based preacher, wrote on the website Above Rubies that, quote, God is looking for an army. The womb is a powerful weapon against Satan. <laughs> the womb? Like, yeah, the I'm womb. I'm imagining this, like, personified <laughs> womb that has, like, an army and uh, <laughs> is leading them into battle. That's insane. That's but it's pretty- also given me major, um, I think it's in Moroni, 
uh or was it no it was this no it was helaman the stripling warriors and how yes. like mothers are you know basically their responsibility is to raise these like stripling warriors mm-hmm. and they're the prime example so it's all that pressure on oh yeah women again being you know responsible of bearing these children and bearing men to lead in the army for god yeah i mean it literally says in that song we are as the army of helaman yep and uh even in the mentality of looking at it as missionaries right it's like you go out into the mission field and you're you're the army of god to convert people to mormonism so it really is quite similar in I mean, I'm sorry, I keep seeing the word similar. If you want to get drunk, drink every time I say the word similar. But <laughs> but it really is. When I was reading about this, I was like, this they are not far removed from each other. Nope. <laughs> okay, so that's why the Duggar family of 19 Kids and Counting has 19 kids. Under the Quiverful movement, this is normal. Even tracking your fertility is something that the movement doesn't approve of, like I said. Uh, And that means that when you get married, you may end up pregnant for two decades straight. Oh, God. Yeah. Isn't that you're just constantly pregnant? There's you're there's never a moment when it's like you 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 give birth. And then as soon as you could possibly conceive again, you do. Oh, my God. That just stresses me out so much. And I know, I know some women absolutely love being pregnant. So they might listen to this and are like, well, it's not that bad. And that's fair. Touche to you. But, like, I just cannot, cannot think about being pregnant for two decades of my life. No. And honestly, if if women love being pregnant and they choose this, yeah, that's fine. But when you're taught that it is god's commandment and you have to have sex and get pregnant constantly that is coercion exactly yeah in general women who follow the quiverful movement more or less give their lives and bodies to their multiple children not only are they expected to breastfeed and be their main support they also usually homeschool that means that moms never really get any kind of break (gasps) yeah what (laughs) i know Women are also not allowed to turn down their husbands if they want sex. That means that part of a woman's job is to always be sexually available for her husband, even if she spent a full day caring for their children and isn't in the mood. In a movement like this, women seem to do a majority of the work but aren't valued or seen as individuals whatsoever. Whoa. So I... Okay, so we're going to get into therapy session with Sarah again today. Let's go. Mm-hmm. We, my, my therapist and I were just talking about this today, not in relation to my marriage, but um, we were talking about um, basically that time after I left the church and I was very confused and especially about like, you know, never having had sex and then having sex and figuring out what was okay with me and what wasn't. And during that time, having my sexual assault and like not dealing with that and just, you know, the, the pressures of Mormonism still in my head and these, these feelings of, well, God cursed me. And so that's what happens when you have sex outside of marriage. And my therapist brought up the fact that many women in churches and, you know, it's not just to Mormonism, but like you're saying, even in the quiver, how do you, what is the quiver full religion that, rape is very common within a marriage because women feel like they have to say yes 
yes. to their their husbands and the husbands view them as property and as you know god for you know ordained them and so they're allowed to do whatever they want to with the women and Absolutely. when she said that, I was like, at first I was a bit like, oh, I don't know if that happens in the Mormon church. And then before I could even say anything, like it took me a second to think about it. And I was like, oh, no, none of that happens. Yep. That happens. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. You hit it spot on. Literally, my next paragraph was talking about marital rape and how in in religions like this, when women aren't taught that they can say no to their husbands, that's what happens. Yeah. And it's awful. Yeah, they don't have a choice. No. And it's that, well, you know, it's just that you're supposed to. And you would never, you know, when I was in Mormonism, I wouldn't even consider, or I wouldn't, maybe I'd consider, but I wouldn't understand what rape within marriage meant. Yeah. Because I also, at that time, would think, like, you know, I remember thinking that that was part of my, my job and my duty as a Mormon woman, that if I ever got married in the church... And in the temple that if whenever my husband wanted sex, I would just have to do it. You just have to do it. And that's not the case. But, yeah, you're not taught otherwise. Yeah. yeah. Daughters born into the Quiverful movement are also expected to have a strong emotional re- relationship with their father. He is known as being the one man in their life, and sometimes that bond can become emotionally inappropriate or too hard to break away from. For daughters who have an abusive father, it's even harder. Young girls are also expected to dress extremely conservatively, thus blocking any temptation from men. This in itself is obviously problematic for a host of reasons. So this stood out to me because of obviously the modesty thing and then the priesthood thing. Priesthood Mm -hmm. in Mormonism is so similar to how the the fathers are revered in the quiverful movement as well yep yep <clears throat> ex-quiverful movement member vicky garrison was interviewed by vice about the mental toll she suffered while involved she said quote my men- my health was going down the tubes having all the babies that i had with surgical problems it actually made it a life-threatening condition for me after a while my body was just wearing down plus i've got this bone condition that three of my daughters inherited so they're going to have to have treatments a 9 hour drive each way several times a year physically it was draining emotionally my husband had become such a tyrant at some point it crossed the line to abuse doesn't that break your heart oh, oh my uh, I know it's like you said it's really hard on their bodies but then also I can't imagine I just can't imagine emotionally trying to deal with that many kids and just never being able to just be yourself you know and just to go to bed after you've had a fucking long day dealing with the kids the household and then you got to go to bed and be like oh, I can't just have my body back and I can't just rest, get some sleep. I also have to perform if my husband wants to, which probably, you know, if if he has the same mentality of that religion, which I'm assuming he would, it's like, oh, he's got to multiply and replenish the earth. So he's got to try to get you pregnant as often as possible. So how do people afford this? Also what I'm curious about. Um, all right, now we're going to get a little bit more into the Duggars, so the 19 Kids and Counting show on TLC. Uh, Josh, oh, yeah, yeah. Josh Duggar is an American convicted sex offender and former reality television personality. He's the eldest of Michelle and Jim Bob Duggar's 19 children. 
Uh, he and his family gained fame as the focus of the TLC series 19 Kids and Counting, which debuted in September 2008. Wait, so he's the son? Of the- he's, he's the eldest son, yeah. Okay, okay. Uh, Josh Duggar's <laughs> wedding was featured in an episode broadcast on January 25, 2009, which included the planning, preparation, rehearsal, ceremony, and reception. Josh Duggar and his wife have sta- had stated that they saved their first kiss for the wedding day, which is that oh that my famous God. clip? I believe so. Yeah. Oh, yeah. it looks like they're eating each other's face. Oh God. So, yeah, they didn't even kiss till their their wedding. Which what the hell? Yeah. Okay. Multiple episodes document Josh Duggar's children. So I just wanted to throw that in there because he's married and has children. Just keep that in mind. So it came out later that Josh touched the breasts and genital region of his sisters on multiple occasions while they were sleeping and sometimes when they were awake. Four of the molestation victims were his own siblings. Uh, Give some details I don't want to give. And another victim was a babysitter. Oh, my God. His parents, uh, Michelle and Jim Bob, said that they learned of Josh's sexually abusive behavior in March 2002. He was disciplined at home following an admission in 2002 that he had molested his sisters. The confession was not reported to police. (gasps) Okay, well, that's like a huge similarity right there. Oh, yeah, it gets even more similar in... Here we go. In March 2003, the parents learned of additional incidents and victims... And so Jim Bob brought the issue and Josh to their church elders, not to the oh police. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That makes my blood boil. And I just feel sick to my stomach. For oh. Dumps. oh, I know. Oh, my. Oh, oh, God. Josh was ultimately sent away from the home for three months. Jim Bob told police that during that time, Josh stayed at the Veterans Affairs Hospital in Little Rock, Arkansas, allegedly attending a counseling program run by a Christian ministry that involved physical labor. However, Michelle Duggar would later tell police that Josh was not involved in actual counseling, instead working under a family friend to help remodel the building. So they're just like, just go away for a little bit and this will all we can just sweep this under the rug. It's fine. It makes me absolutely fucking livid with those parents. I cannot. Yep. It just, it it's so outrageous and it's, so disgusting. I understand maybe the mom doesn't, I don't know. I don't know her situation. It could be that she is in a situation where she feels like she can't do much because of whatever controlling. Yeah. I don't know of the, the dad, but the dad who has the power and, and authority within that religion and within that culture he's letting that happen and he's just like oh yeah just send him away like fuck you i can't imagine if my ever came to me and said that there was something like that going on and i didn't do everything i could to protect him no no right it's unacceptable in december 2006 when josh duggar was 18 the family was scheduled to appear on the oprah winfrey show Before the show, an anonymous source emailed Oprah's production company and called the Arkansas Arkansas Child Abuse Hotline to reveal Josh Duggar's past sexual misconduct towards minors. Oprah Winfrey's producers alerted the Department of Human Services and canceled the Duggar family appearance. Finally, Springdale police began investigating. Jim Bob told them that Josh had molested five underage girls between 2002 and 2003 when he was 15 years old. 
Several family members said there had been no incidents since Josh had returned to the home in late 2003 and that they felt safe in their home and that they had forgiven him for his past behavior. Under the Arkansas statute of limitations, child sexual abuse charges must be filed within three years of being reported to a police officer. Because of the July 2003 contact with the uh, because of the July 2003 admission, no charges could be filed in December 2006. What? So he got away with just molesting his sisters, but then, just wait, on April 29th, 2021, Josh Duggar was arrested by U.S. Marshals on charges of receiving and possessing child pornography. <gasps> and he has children of his own. Remember? Oh, how many kids does he have? I don't. I think he. I think he has quite a few. I don't know. Oh. He was found guilty on all charges, and on December 9th, 2021, he was sentenced to more than 12 years in prison. Good. Fucking good. And I just, just all of this reminded me, there's all these different shows. And remember when we watched, like, Keep Sweet, Pray, and Obey of the FLDS? There's just all of this abuse going on in all these different religions that they try to sleep under the rug first. And these poor victims don't get any help. Until outside sources, you know, intervene. It's never about the victims, though. That's the problem. It's always, I mean, even that that documentary on uh, Netflix when we did an episode, like, quite a few years ago where it was that, you know, it was a Mormon family, but her parents allowed her to go off with that guy. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, he molested and raped her multiple times and told her that aliens and God were talking to her. And she just, and and the parents were like, well, you know, I don't know. I just, just went with it. It's like, you, you, you have to know. I'm sorry. Like as a parent, like there's only so much that you can be naive about. I don't know. I mean, I know it's a generalization to make, but I just can't imagine being that oblivious and Mm -hmm. not knowing or being like, you know what? This happened. That's really shitty. So let's go talk to the church about it. That's, that's what I'm thinking is I, I don't have children, but if I had a child and I learned that that child was being molested by somebody, even if it was somebody in my own family, I cannot see myself saying, okay, let's go to the bishop. It's like, no, I'm going to call police. Exactly. And get you some counts, like get you some therapy for this abuse. I, I like, what is a bishop going to do? What is the, you know, the leader of the congregation going to do? It's not going to help anything. Well, but and it's also when you think about the victims <clears throat> as well, like I've had nothing to this degree, like nothing at all. So I'm not even going to try to compare, but when I was, you know, sexually assaulted by that Mormon guy in the church and then I went to the Bishop and then he went to his Bishop, you know, and talked about it. And then it's just even more mortifying as the victim because you, you have to see these people every Sunday. Yeah. Know that they know what happened to you, but they didn't do anything about it. And you just feel like an idiot and you feel like, okay, it was all your fault. And then it's just, it's so, it's so uncomfortable. And that's like the last thing that you want to feel and to deal with on top of what you actually went through. And then just to, I don't know, it's that additional barrier and additional layer of just humiliation of embarrassment and I you know my 
experience isn't is nothing compared to what these victims went through and I can't imagine having them know that and then not getting the support and help and validation that you need and then having to see them every Sunday yeah every Mm. time you went to church oh yeah and then having to see your brother all the time your brother and he's did that to you I mm, it's awful it makes me sick to my stomach me too that was so yeah they're part of the quiverful movement yikes and uh, lastly, I want to touch on someone named Dr. Donald Klein, who is um, kind of follows this quiverful movement as well. He's a very conservative Christian doctor. Oh, boy. And uh, so during the 1970s and 80s, a fertility specialist in Indiana named Dr. Donald Klein inseminated dozens of patients with his own sperm. Oh, with, so it's like that Netflix guy. Yes, with, without their knowledge or consent. Uh, yeah, there's a do- Netflix documentary called Our Father about Yeah. Him. Oh, okay. The stories of some of these women and at least 94 biological children of Klein are in the documentary. 94, 94. children. Jacoba Ballard's life changed after she took an at-home DNA test and learned that she had seven half-siblings. After reaching out to her newfound family members and researching the mystery of their shared relation, Ballard and her siblings soon discovered with horror what their parents' trusted doctor had done. The number of confirmed siblings continued to grow as more people added their DNA to 23andMe's database. Each time she saw a new connection appear on her profile, she'd steal herself before reaching out to deliver the news. She said, I know I'm going to call them and I'm going to ruin their life. It just completely washes away your identity. You really have no idea who you are anymore. (sighs) Our father suggests that Klein may have been motivated by ideology born of his affiliation with an extremist Christian sect called Quiverful, which encourages. Oh, I didn't know that. And I watched that documentary. I didn't. Yeah. Yeah. Because it encourages followers to reproduce as prolifically as possible to meet God's mandate to be fruitful and multiply and install adherence in positions of power. Surveying the blonde hair and blue eyes of many of Klein's offspring, the film briefly meditates on whether Klein's crusade may have had white supremacist underpinnings because Quiverful ideology, which promotes patriarchal gender ideology and other conservative ideals, uh, certainly seems to be rooted in white supremacy. So he specifically picked women that came to him that were having trouble getting pregnant. They They didn't know that he was using his own sperm to inseminate them. And he would pick white, blonde haired, blue eyed women to use that? his sperm on so that there would be more white people for God's army. That's disgusting. That's absolutely disgusting. And you know, another thing I just thought about too, is like, so he, he did this 90 times, right? Yeah. 94, at least that we know of. At least. And yet the government and everyone else and not everyone else, but most people, not most. Okay. A lot of people in the world want to control women's bodies Mm-hmm. and not men yep like just think about it he he did this 94 times that we know of a woman can't be pregnant 94 times 
No. But yet we're the ones that are controlled all the time and like our bodies are controlled and it's all on us. And this guy did that. That, That's like a perfect example of why it's so absurd that we are the ones that are having our bodies controlled, but men are just like, eh, it's fine. Yep. That is such a good point. That is, wow. Yep. Spot on. Same. The film emphasizes how Klein's faith uh, pervaded his practice as a doctor. He had his staff recite prayers together. He advised patients to pray on their treatment choices. And he decorated his office with Christian sayings and had an affinity for the verse Jeremiah 1, 5. Before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you. Oh, gross. (laughs) So eventually this all came out because the children learned that they were all related. um, But because they... They claimed that it was a sexual violation and rape, which I agree with. But um, no charges were brought against him. Uh, They said it was a sexual violation, but it wasn't a rape. They weren't rapes. And that's right, because it wasn't a law, right? Because they never had a case like this before. Mm -hmm. So there's no law. So, yeah, and in order to pursue him for any other crime he had committed, it was necessary to prosecute him for something else. So... In 2017, he was brought to trial facing two counts of felony obstruction of justice for lying during the initial investigation. Uh, The obstruction of justice charges meant that no evidence related to Klein's actions toward his former patients was was admissible, though those actions constituted the injustice for which the siblings and their parents were truly seeking restitution. Klein pled guilty, received two suspended sentences, meaning he served no jail time. And a $500 fine. Oh, my that, God. Fuck that's off. It. That's so disgusting. I know. Um, and that's about as much as I could stomach for the Quiverful movement. There's so much more. There is a whole other show that I believe is on HBO. It might also be on TLC called Welcome to Plathville, which I... Oh. I I texted you about because I watched yeah, a, I was a couple episodes. Say, you messaged me about that. What is this one about? Uh, I, I remember it vaguely. Yeah, they're also part of that. And it just, there's so many uh, similarities, again, to Mormonism. You know, they the, the, the oldest um, son gets married and he marries a gal who's not in it and she gives him some wine and it's this whole drama that he's drinking wine and his parents are upset with him. And then their other daughter wants to go to California and there's, they're so worried about the world affecting her. It, it is just, it, it's crazy. It blows your mind that people still live that way. Um, But I could relate to so much of it having grown up in Mormonism and it's like, you just want to see them blossom and get out of that situation and out of that cult. I'll say it. Yeah. Cult. Yeah. But then, so I'm like so curious about this quiverful thing too. Do you know like around what time, like, yeah, when was this religion formed? Well, I believe it's, um, so that one woman wrote that book about it, how she lost her, she lost her feminism and became a Christian and I think that sparked it. And I think technically it's not its own religion. It's part of an ideology that some evangelical Christians just adopt. 
So they wouldn't say, like, I belong to the Quiverful Church. They say, I'm an evangelical Christian and I follow the Quiverful movement or something like that. Or I could be wrong. But so I I think it it hasn't been around, like, too terribly long from what I could find. So I'm just curious, like, how they were influenced and if if some part of, like, Mormonism or FLDS or something like that, like, if it was a connection there. Well, you've got to think that some of it would have to have been influenced by that, right? Because Joseph Smith was all about multiply and replenish the earth. That's why polygamy became a thing. And so there must be some type of influence. And I mean, I know that that's in the Bible. So any man who wants to just have a lot of sex as much as he wants and force women to do it is going to quote from the Bible, oh, multiply and replenish the earth. The man's the head of the household. You know, that's easy, (laughs) low-hanging fruit for perverted old men who just want to control women. (laughs) That just makes my stomach so sick. I just feel so bad for, A, the women who are in those marriages and in that relationship where they just never get a fucking break. Like, their body is not theirs at all. And then Mm -hmm. they have all these kids. They're pregnant all the time. Like, I, I mean, again, I just keep going back to the 19 kids, and that's assuming that she had okay pregnancies. Imagine if she had really difficult pregnancies, like really sick, really, you know, had a condition, mm. and she had it 19 times. It's just her life for two decades. Yeah. That's wild. I, um, yeah, and I, I know Mormon families. I don't know any Mormon families that had 19 children, but... I know some that were up there, you know, 13, 14. Yeah, oh, yeah. Our neighbors, they had 15 kids. Yeah, so it's yeah. not that far off, it's really. It's not far off at all. <laughs> and for yeah. the longest time, the church frowned upon birth control until yeah. maybe like the 80s, and then they kind of stopped with that stance. But they they still push have as many kids as physically possible because – you have little spirit babies waiting for you in heaven. If you don't have as many kids as possible, they're going to be so sad that you yeah. didn't let them have a human body. <laughs> and it's, it's kind of, I mean, it's definitely like what you said, like how do, how do they afford? All I have kids? no idea. I really don't know because like, I'm sure you can attest just having yeah. one. I mean, for me, just taking care, like pampering my dog. I'm like, Oh my God. <laughs> So a human, and then you have even having I I start to stress out when it gets to be like four or five. I'm well, actually, I start to stress out thinking about one, but <laughs> I really start to like get hives when I'm like, ah, I see like people I went to high school with, for example. Yeah. And there's this one this one gal. She has this beautiful family. They're very Mormon, but there's five of them, all under the age of maybe eight or nine. And yeah. I'm like, how do you how do you handle that? And then imagine adding 10 more on top of that. What? <laughs> it's crazy. It's so crazy. I mean, because I'm also thinking like with these families and at least in Mormonism, you know, the idea is that you get married young and then mm-hmm. you have kids very young and to have that many kids under a certain age and you're probably under 30 with like four or five kids. That's oh, oh. like, when you have the least amount of money in your life, you know what I mean? Like at least when you're in your thirties, mid thirties, you're more financially stable for the most part, not always. Um, 
And, you know, it's not, I, I mean, it's still a burden, but it's not anywhere. And when I think about my where I am now compared to if I had a kid when I was in my early 20s, I mean, oh. I oh. I was barely, I mean, I wasn't even making ends meet, you know, it was like, yeah, yeah. You, and that's, and that's from a privileged point of view. And then you, you add were, that layer on there too. Like I was right? privileged and you've mentioned many a time that you had to, you know, stack up credit card debt yeah. because you had to pay physical, like, you know, cash to the church and yeah. you had to buy your food and necessities on a credit card. Yeah. So imagine having children. At the same time. On top of that, yeah. (gasps) It's, uh, yeah. So this Quiverful movement, I just, I, I watched that episode, a couple episodes of the Welcome to Plathville, and I was like, this is nuts, and it's triggering things in me. And then I looked up more about it. I found out about that doctor, and then I was like, well, we got to mention the Duggars. And I was like, the more I look into this, the more I'm like, they're basically the same thing. Mormonism just has a prettier bow on it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's all it is. Yeah. <laughs> and Mormonism is more mainstream and the, you know, it seems that, I don't I guess Mormons go to public school. So <laughs> they seem well, a little less odd, but yeah, there, there's so many similarities. I, I had to bring it up and I'm sorry I had to expose you to it, but if you guys want to like watch more, I would, you know, you can you can watch the Welcome to Plathville. It's streaming on the Max app. And uh, whoa, I want to hear what you guys think because it's bonkers. <laughs> I might need to check it out. I don't know if I'll get it here. I'm sure it's on some platform I can get here, but that's yeah. wild. No, thank you for uh, taking me on that journey, even though it was oh, disgusting, hairy hairy points and and disgusting. But um, oh yeah, I just feel so bad for the victims. I feel so 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 me bad. Me too. Like, you just don't ever, you don't feel like you have any safe space at all. And, oh, yeah. I know. I know. Well, thank you all for sticking with me. And thanks for listening. And have a great rest of the year. We love you so much. Thank yeah. you for your support. Happy and New Year on that note. <laughs> Happy New Year. We'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye. <laughs>